welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking to one of the best bands ever in the whole wide world, Jars of Clay. I've uh, been following them since their first single, Flood, hit the radio, I don't know how many years ago now, and they got played on Christian and secular stations all over the world. Uh, Since then they've released a whole bunch of albums, they've won a whole bunch of Grammys, Uh, they've toured along artists like Matchbox 20, Sting, Switchfoot, and uh, recently have just released a new album called Long Fall Back to Earth. We're talking to Charlie Lowell. How are you, Charlie? Great. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for that amazing introduction as well. (laughs) No worries, mate. I I am one of your biggest fans, absolutely. I would have loved to have gone to your recent tour. Uh, You toured with Third Day and Switchfoot and uh, another Uh, band, I can't remember the name. How did that go? It was great. Music builds. Really fun. Fun night. Great. I mean, great to just spend a couple of months with both of those bands. Um, mm. We had a blast. Oh, fantastic. Now, let's go back to the beginning, Charlie, to get a little bit of a, a story. I uh, I found on a, a website somewhere that you guys started out kind of in college together. You're good mates and uh, ended up doing a cover uh, of a... Was it... A Christmas song to the tune of Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit, is that right? Exactly, yep. What was the song? Yep. So, well, it was um, uh, Rudolph. So it was, you know Dasher, you know Dancer, you know Prancer, you know Vixen. So it was that to the tune of uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. And that was like a, um, we did this variety show once a month or so. And that was sort of the crazy... Um, I guess you could call it a Christmas mashup <laughs> in the early days when we were just starting to write some of those first few songs on that on our first Jars record. Okay, and you were you're in college then playing together in local Christian coffee houses. How did you launch into, you know, Flood was just a massive single around the world. Um, what took you from playing in coffee houses to that single hitting the big time? Well, it was quick, I'll say that. And we had played, well, we entered a competition in Nashville uh, while we were still in school. So we'd recorded maybe three or four demos at school. And we were studying music, so we had blocks of time in the studio. We sent our songs down, and um, we were asked to come play in this new artist spotlight at the GMA um, convention in 93 or 4. We came down and played, and we ended up winning this number one of the top ten new spotlight artists and so that I mean that was sort of the event and then we had labels calling our dorm floor and we decided to drop out of school for a little bit to chase this thing see what happened but up until that point we had still only played less than a dozen shows so we really I mean and and a lot of those were acoustic coffee house shows um we'd only written three or four songs so we're playing like Toad the Wet Sprocket song, a James Taylor song, you know, we're doing anything we know. So we signed a deal with a label and we hit the road. They, they put us on tour with a band called PFR um, at that time and we learned a little more about the road. But but it, it still, it happened quick, you know, that first record, um, Flood blew up early and uh, we chased it for a while and it was crazy. We had no idea that was coming. Well, I remember hearing it. Um, it was sent to me. I was hosting a Christian radio show at the time, and it was sent to me, and I thought, wow, this is a great sound. Uh, I, I don't know if you've heard of a band called Crowded House in Australia. Have you heard of them? They're probably the top favorite band of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're my favorite. Well, you, you can tell it's one of your influences. You know, you, uh, you've Good. got a similar kind of sound to those, uh, those Kiwi brothers, the Finn brothers. Yeah, 
yeah. And yeah, I would also thanks. that's a huge compliment. I would also say your songwriting is is very soulful and searching and deep like theirs as well. So, uh, um, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's a good comparison there. Now uh, I'll pass that on to my mates. <laughs> I will absolutely. Now let's just dig back a little bit further for you personally, Charlie. I don't just want to talk about the band. I want to hear about your faith and uh, and your walk with with the Lord as well. Uh, did yeah. you become a Christian at an early age, or were you converted in your teens? H- how did it happen for you? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in a Christian household, so, you know, I went to um, church, I was in a Presbyterian church from a young age, and um, I think when I really started putting legs on my faith was in high school, um, when I got involved with an um, organization called Young Life, and I, do you have that in Australia? Yeah, yeah, we do, yep. Okay, yeah, so I was I was big into Young Life, and I would do the camp in the summertime, and um, and then I got into uh, campaigners, we called it, which was kind of our um, discipleship thing on Sunday nights, where we studied scripture and had a little community group. So that was that was pretty big, and I listened to a lot of Christian music in high school, Christian and mainstream. And then I went off to college and, and met the guys. So really, we did a lot of that searching and, and question asking together too in the band. You know that the first time you leave home is such a formative time for for our faith um we're kind of making it our own we're testing stuff out we're seeing the world's a little bit bigger and maybe a little different than um living in my house growing up so i think that those things even shaped you know where jars was going and what we wrote about um it's kind of going well maybe we can use our music as a way to wrestle and and ask some questions and just talk about some of these gray areas, you know, and um, that that kind of set the tone for for some of that early music. Now, I'm just curious to find out about um, whether you had a sense of destiny as a teenager. Uh, you know, this show is called History Makers, and it's about people making yeah. sure that they're doing the best they can with what God's given them. You know, and did did you yeah. did you kind of have a sense that God was going to use you to do something great, like impact the world with music, like like you guys do? You know, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I was crazy about music um and i still you know it's rare that i'll do something like whether i'm painting a bedroom or mowing the lawn or driving in my car that i don't have music going and i'm constantly looking for new music and it's it's in my blood for sure so i really felt the connection there and a lot of desire um but i i don't think there was the expectation you know that god would do something big through me or that i would even get to make a career or a living out of out of this passion that maybe it would just be something i love doing on the side you know i didn't have a lot of clarity about that and still i'm just amazed that i get to do this with these three great friends of mine you know it's interesting to hear that you know uh there are some people in interviewing history makers that were really driven and ambitious and and mm-hmm. and god blessed them and opened doors for them and then there are others like yeah. you and you're just humble you just love god you just love music you just want to do something and and he blesses you because you and and i think the bottom line is is that um, both types have the right heart that God knows he yeah. can trust you with the right talents and he'll bless you and, and open doors for you uh, now yeah. uh, Charlie the other thing that um, you, you do a bit of songwriting for the band is that right yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how do you how do you get the songs what inspires you to write the, the lyrics that you write we I mean for jars we we schedule it we put it on the books we're gonna write next Tuesday morning and we just get in a room and we might bring some ideas in with us in more cases we don't. We just show up and we kind of go, what's your week been like at home? What have you learned or what have you seen or what's impacted you this week? And we sort of catch up and then usually out of that there's 
something to write about, you know, and so we kind of, it's very collaborative. Very rarely do I just sit down and sort of work something out by myself and then bring it to the band. So, you know, there's something special there, I think, about the four of us getting in a room and reacting to each other and kind of going, um, I know you really well, you know, we trust each other, and I think we're able to go places in our songs that that we couldn't certainly 10 or 12 years ago. One of the things that I love about uh, your songwriting and and your style of music is that it's certainly blessed the Christian music scene, uh, but it's also attracted a lot of mainstream attention. I know it's been on, uh, you've had songs on TV shows like Eli Stone, uh, House and Bones, which are all pretty big shows here in Australia as well. Uh, You've had, uh, you know, Grammy Awards, you know, you've had lots of secular radio airplay as well. Is that something that was a bit of a surprise to you guys as a band? And do you look for that as well? Um, yeah, it was definitely a surprise, especially uh, especially that first time around with Flood. Um, and in many ways, I would say we weren't ready in the sense that we didn't really know, we didn't have a confidence in this is our purpose, you know, this is what we're called to do. And so we were sort of blown this way and that by... Um, different people's opinions, you know, you should do more of this, stop doing that, don't play clubs, stop playing churches. Um, you felt a bit schizo in those first couple of years. And then for a little while, I think we, we probably looked for mainstream opportunities too much, you know. It's, it's like, as we're finding our identity, you know, I think there were times when we probably were a little too set on having a song on mainstream radio or having an opportunity like that. And so over time, you know, I think it's chilled out a bit. Now we're most excited about writing songs that come out of the moments that that we're living in, you know, the things that are really close to us and important to us. And what we found is that if we're being honest with those things, we find that they connect to our listeners as well, you know, because it's an authentic response. It's faith in the midst of real life, which is which is where everybody's walking. And you've also um, successfully launched the uh, Blood Water Mission, a non-for-profit organization promoting clean blood and water in Africa. Uh, Now, you've been overseas um, seeing some of these projects. Uh, How has that affected you, um, being a part of this this charity, this ministry that you're a part of? Yeah, that's been amazing for us. Um, I'd say a really important part of, you know, the second half of our career here, the last seven or eight years, Um, And it started with a trip to China and Vietnam um, in the late 90s where we visited um, pastors of the persecuted church, the underground church, you know, people who are being imprisoned and beaten because they follow Jesus. And that that was just this door opening on how huge the world is and how different things are going on around the world right now, you know, and we, we sort of have no idea, at least in the States, there's people living like this and that they're not allowed to practice freely their faith. So Africa in particular was a real a real burden, and, and we had some amazing mentors and friends there that, that sort of walked us through the complexities of AIDS, community development. You know, we're, we're a rock band. We're not doctors. We, we don't study societies and how they develop. And so we go over humbly, and we have great partners that are on the ground in Africa, there have been some incredible relationships. We have some dear friends in Africa. And we're, uh, our first campaign was to build 1,000 wells, um, and we're at close to 700 wells now. So that's over the last four, four years or so. Um, and that brings clean water to over 500,000 Africans. So it's really it's been a redefining thing. I think the most important part of it for me is that it's given 
legs to my my faith. My, you know, my worship sort of um, plays out in this action, um, and it's it's really flipped my worldview upside down. It's been an incredible thing. Well, I th- I love the fact that um, a lot of bands nowadays, you know, have a social conscience and they're they're supporting these not for profit organisations and they're launching them and they're sowing into them with their lives and uh, it's so good to see how that's impacted you. Now, Charlie, there might be people listening now that are thinking, you know, this guy um, has a real faith in God. He he really believes what he you know he talks the talk and walks the walk. You know, um, and they might be thinking, you know, I'm away from God. How do I uh, reconnect or, or build a relationship with God. Would you speak to that listener and, and lead them in, in how to do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, what I find myself doing often is I go through these cycles, you know, where I get kind of burnt out, maybe I get bored, maybe I get a little too comfortable, and, and my prayer is just for new eyes, you know, that God would give me eyes to see places to share His love or ways to be amazed at His beauty or the beauty of His creation. And, and I find very quickly that that he gives me the new eyes and that I'm filled with wonder and thanksgiving and, and this sort of refreshing of my faith. Um, and so I think that's a great place to start. It's just, um, you know, there's no magic formula. It's just to be open and say, God, um, be honest. I'm burned out. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I feel like you've been kind of quiet. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear you um, in my everyday life, you know, not necessarily sitting in church, not taking a hike up a mountain, but as I go to work, as I hang out with my family, um, in the kind of the nitty gritty of, of real life, show, show yourself to me and give me eyes to see you. And I think you'll be amazed at what happens around you. Well, it's one thing that uh, is a theme that you talk about in your new album, uh, The Long Fall Back to Earth. Uh, I've got a quote here that said, uh, you, you were interviewed, Charlie, and, and you said, one of the things we've learned is that our spirituality is our relationships, day-to-day, up-close-and-personal, skin-to-skin relationships. Is it that one of the main themes that you're bringing out in this new album? It is. You know, a- as we met to write, um, like I said, we'd get in a room and go, what's going on with you? One of the things we all had in common was that relationships are really hard. You know, it's 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 work. It takes work to love someone takes work to be loved and um most days it doesn't come naturally or easily and uh and the great thing about that is that we can't do it on our own and it and it pulls us back to god you know it forces us to go i'm at my wit's end you know i'm i'm out of patience i'm tired out and i need god to help me do this you know and so so i think we do see that you know is that god's a relational god and much of our spirituality plays out during the week, you know, in between church services when we're having to live with people we don't necessarily agree with or always enjoy that much, you know, or we're having to wake up and die to ourselves so we can serve our wife and our kids, and that never comes naturally, right? So we found that those concepts of trying to connect and and wanting to connect and pulling our faith into the middle of our relationships was the most honest expression of what our last year or two has been like. Well, Charlie, I reckon you're a history maker, mate. I uh, am been so impressed uh, to follow you guys over the years. And uh, I looked at your website recently, and um, we can now follow you on Twitter and Facebook and, and MySpace. Uh, how has that affected the band's ministry since you've uh, got into all this social networking too? You know, it's been really fun, and I, and I was skeptical about it. But I think Twitter in particular is a great way to 
interact, to hear from people that listen to our music, you know, it's not intimidating. It's easy to answer a question here or there. But more than that, I think we feel like we're more connected to the people that listen to our music and get encouragement and, and get challenged by our music. We feel more connected to them than ever. And, um, you know, like, sure, it can be a distraction and it can become an obsession. You know, you have to kind of step away from it and come back to it and keep some balances and checks with it. But um, but I think it's really afforded us some, some great some great connection and conversation and I and I hope you know, I hope it's fun for people to follow us and that they feel that too and it's not just a platform for us to feel important. Well mate, thank you so much for joining us and of course the website is jarsofclay.com. Uh, you can go and have a look at all the information there and you can actually follow Charlie personally on Twitter as well as the band if you like. How cool is that? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well mate, thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and uh, Thanks, we're looking forward to many more albums. Thanks. Appreciate being on your show. God bless you mate. See you. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. History Makers.